Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Was there any sort of big, major life lesson that you took away from the experience? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there were so many things that I learned. I think the biggest one would be that I'm the ultimate Viking! Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today we are bringing you This Week in Bachelor Nation. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was I was trying to do. Something. But here we are. Back at it, we skipped this week in Bachelor Nation last week because, of course, the entirety of our beloved country was celebrating that Thanksgiving Day meal. Woo-hoo! So I just did some questions, but we're back at this week in Bachelor Nation now. 
We are going to do everything that you've come to know and love in this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to give you those screams from the pit. We're going to give you all those parasocial plays. We're going to give you all them juicy tids. And we're going to give you some... What else do we do in this? <laughs> state of the game. Some state of the game. We're going to be talking about that up top. What is the show? <laughs> what is this? What are we talking about? But before we do any of that, we must tell you that in addition to How to Win the Bachelor, our forthcoming book, which is coming out very shortly, January 18th, it's going to be on bookstore shelves and in the hands of all of those people who pre-ordered. In addition to that, we also are about to have a new piece of merch coming out. It will be available starting next week. It is a beautifully designed sweatshirt designed by Ella Tolkien, the same designer who did the 4TRR shirt with the crying woman in her hands bound by thorns. So it's in a similar style, but this design is radically different and it is insane. We can't wait to show it to you. That's going to be sometime next week. So keep an eye out for that. The design is radically different and it should be noted. It is not a shirt. It is a sweatshirt. It'll keep you warm. It'll make you sweat. It'll be perfect for holidays, perhaps. It will make you sweat if you wear it inside maybe it depends on the temperature wherever you are there's a lot of circumstances <laughs> factoring it that's right it won't make you sweat like la quinta no nothing can do that nothing <laughs> but one circumstance you're definitely gonna want to wear this shirt in is going home for the holidays and you got that crazy uncle this shirt the design on it is big it's bold and it's a dare basically to any of your extended family members to ask you what is that and when they do you unleash hell. <laughs> you drag them straight into the bottom of the pit. You explain it all. And it will have, I think, a very similar effect to the 4TRR shirt in that regard, except this is a, a cold weather shirt. Your uncles, they're going to ask. This is an uncle. It's an uncle trap. trap. Yeah. <laughs> what isn't? You know what I mean? This shirt will Ugh. be unveiled next week at this point. <laughs> and again, if you haven't pre-ordered How to Win the Bachelor, just go to howtowinthebachelor.com. You can check out all of our contests and stuff there. Put in your pre-orders if you can, because the window is closing to hit all of our stated goals, and we are still hovering around 15%. Help us hit that that first goal, you know? At least we want to hear the song. I want to hear it. I've been putting myself in the place of the pit. Like, I haven't heard it until the pit hears it. Yeah, well, someone will hear it eventually. Whether we hit our goals or not, some people within the pit will hear it. This I can guarantee. Hmm. But only some. A threat. A promise. And now let's move on to our next promise. Let's begin this pace case. We're going to start today's program with a little Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. A new bachelor has been announced. For those of us who have access to the internet, it has long been known that the eighth place <laughs> finisher from Michelle Young's season, Clayton Etchard, Eckerd is already done shooting his Bachelor season 26, which will begin airing on January 3rd of next year. After a series of botched and inadvertent reveals of the football-headed pizza connoisseur via new host Jesse Palmer's Instagram, and even the mayor of Eckerd's hometown, Eureka, Missouri, Sean Flowers, posting about Eckerd's new role on his personal Instagram, the franchise itself <laughs> finally pulled the trigger on the official announcement, which was rolled out in two parts. The first was a dual Instagram post to both the official Bachelor ABC accounts and Eckerd's personal account, featuring the ABC-sanctioned teaser image of Eckerd holding several puppies 
with the caption, everyone loves an underdog. These posts appeared literally seconds after Rodney Matthews, a player who had come to embody the underdog role on Michelle Young's season, was eliminated in fourth place. The second part of the announcement came in the form of a Zoom interview with Eckerd on Good Morning America the Wednesday immediately after the Hometown episode aired. In the interview, Eckerd speaks in circles about nothing, filling his three minutes with vague generalities in much the same way professional athletes do before big games. Despite the paint-drying quality of his interview, it is now official. Eckerd is formally recognized as the next Bachelor, and we are all still left wondering why. He did not make a deep run into the game. He did not receive a believable heartbreak edit. He did not turn in an interesting or likable performance. Why is Clayton Etchard the Bachelor? Because Jaylene says he is. Of course, the children, the children make the choice, but we're now in this era of the game where... We have talked about how the producers have kind of really turned the game inside out. They have taken all the drama out of it. It seems like here this choice is doing the same. We talked about on on the last recap, or the one where Clayton got kicked off, that they brought those kids back post-fact after the season was done shooting to try and trump up something where it's like, oh, he really loves kids. That's why you want him to be The Bachelor. And then this botched rollout of how they announced it, Everything to me seems to be in complete disarray, including who they're selecting for the lead and why. I mean, what I am gathering from the promo is that perhaps he will be easily manipulated into actually turning in a good lead performance despite his dry personality. It's all we can hope for. And the the shot of him in the teaser where he says, I'm broken and I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. That's the one I'm referring to. We're at least angling towards something. But I mean, Jesus Christ, that is not close to bring her home, bring her home to us. That is not close to a fence jump. No. It's, no. I don't know what they're doing anymore, and I don't think they do either. But I will say this. Clayton Etchard is now officially announced. And even in this Good Morning America interview, the woman that was interviewing him was like, we just found out today you're the new bachelor. And it's like, that is completely untrue. So even now, good morning. America is being conscripted into throwing sauce around all over this fucking shit to be like, (laughs) nobody knew you were the next bachelor. It's, it's like, no, everybody knew your fucking host posted a picture standing next to him that said, happy to be with the next bachelor months ago. The host of the show posted that. I'm excited to hear about GSJ's uh, reaction to this completely new information as well. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. I I still don't know if he's a bachelor. I'm really focused on Michelle's young season. I didn't even see the Good Morning America thing. I didn't look at any posts. I'm just watching Michelle Young's season and watching them love stories, you know? I don't know. Oh, my God. You're getting so good at that. It's because you're near the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> The sauce is radiating out of my kitchen. I can't drink it because it has corpses inside of it, but I can still feel the power emanating from within the glass jars. I'm excited to slurp it up. We are in such a strange state of the game right now. And we have been really since bubble seasons begin, since the pandemic yeah, through season 16, Bachelorette 16 into disarray. We got the fractured season. We had the two bubble seasons after that. And now... We've got Michelle Young's hybridized bubble season. Etchard's season will be the first non-bubble season. They are shooting at the mansion. 
There is international travel. Those things I'm very excited about. Etchard himself, uh, mm-hmm. to me, time will still tell. He looks very dull to me. Yeah. That said, some of those players look pretty fucking good. And you never really watch a season of The Bachelor for the lead anyway. You're watching it for the players. And I do think we're going to see some high-level shit there. But all that said, these questions still remain. Yeah, I'm just excited to get into a Bachelor season. Oh, me too. Those limo exits. It's just way more competitive. Yep. I don't mean to shit on him. I think he seems like he's probably nice. But the justification for the season is... uh, is weak. I agree. But and now there's also conjecture that I've been seeing in various places. I'll just say it the forums that that second bachelor season that they were saying was going to happen now may not happen. <gasps> I know. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. <laughs> well, whatever it is, I think they might be looking at the ratings for Michelle Young season and finally realizing, uh-huh. like, did we do too many seasons? I guess so. They might actually be yes. letting this sink in. It is event television. It's not an event if it's every day. It's like the Marvel movies. There's too many of them. I don't care anymore. How many superpower guys can I see beat up other superpower guys? It's all the same fucking movie. It's infinite. That's true. But I just felt that this is a good state of the game to discuss because obviously what should be the biggest kind of celebrated thing of the next season happening. They have formally announced this is who the bachelor is. The season's going to kick off. We're starting to get promos coming out now that have shots from the season in it and stuff. The engine is starting up again, but we are in this weird place in the game where we're, we're still in the bubble seasons technically with Michelle young. We're coming out of that, but he is from one of the bubble seasons. So even his season, which will be, presented with all the pomp and circumstance of a a regular like old school season prior to bubble seasons it's still gonna have that Mm -hmm. little tinge because he came from one and the announcement happened in one and we all are like why was he the bachelor and he's in eighth place finisher they seem to be taking bachelors from like low and and leads generally from lower and lower placements which i also find strange it is strange it's it's almost like wanting a blank slate like Mm -hmm. barely gotten to see him so Maybe we watch and haven't already formed an opinion about him. You know, the him posing with all the French bulldogs is kind of a blank slate, too. It's like, what is that branding? He's not like a dog trainer or something. They did the same thing Colton Underwood. His promo, his his first promo was him holding a puppy. It was dogs? Yeah. I have been thinking, like, they're just pretending Colton season never happened, and they're just trying to, like, redo it. to some degree here's him with the dogs he's into football he's yeah the dogs thing is just the producers are literally like we have to make people like him put him with some dogs dogs does it every time and so now we're like oh my god look those puppies are so cute he must be an amazing bachelor i don't know if it fucking works or not but like they're just trying the cheapest tricks in the book to elevate his profile to get us to think He'll be a pretty good bachelor. Meanwhile, it's like, I, will he? I don't know. But again, the other side of me is like, it almost doesn't matter because I don't really give a fuck yeah. about him. I'm watching it for the players. And I, God damn it, there's going to be some good players this season. And even if he is kind of dumb and boring, that might be better for the players because now we'll see how can they really fucking go to work on the first audience. I mean, it feels like... 10 years since the bachelor season. I mean, our last bachelor was Matt James. 
Yeah, I know. Seems like a decade ago when we had Chris Harrison. We will have had two bachelorettes and a paradise since then. Yeah. That's a lot. And, you know, countless new variants. That's how I'm measuring time now. Through the variants. Yeah. But I'm curious to see where we move after this. Again, I'm not sure about if there's going to be that second bachelor season after Clayton Etchard or not. Like I said, it's all rumors. It's all conjecture at this point, but there are arguments being made on both sides. What do you think about this rollout? What rollout? The rollout of him being The Bachelor, waiting until this moment. They didn't wait till this moment. It was a disaster. They had no control (laughs) over the release of this information. It was revealed in multiple different places, including, again, by the host of the fucking show. Everybody knew that it was him. And then they had to pretend like nobody did. They had grocery store Joe saying, I don't know the bachelors up until like a week ago, pretending, lying about it. It, it. For what? To what end? What if grocery store Joe in that interview that he gave would have said like, oh, yeah, Clayton's the next bachelor. Can't wait to see the season. What would have happened? Why is that such a protected thing? Why are they making these players do this? I have no fucking idea. It's not even like. The reveal of The Bachelor, announcing who it is, the biggest ways to do it, or The Bachelorette, are at uh, Women Tell All, Men Tell All, or After the Final Rose. That's your your biggest places mm-hmm. that you're going to do it. They probably will do it at Men Tell All. They'd be smarter to do it at After the Final Rose. But I mean, you know, I guess they can't. His season's already shot. I like when they do... It's a live reveal like they do with Rachel Lindsay. And then they bring out like three or four dudes from her season live. And she gets mm-hmm. to meet a couple of them there. I love that thing. That to me is like yeah. the highest form of revealing a new lead is having the season. And your season starts right now. And there's like five guys come out. I love that shit. You can't do that with Etchard, obviously. And I don't think you probably could have done it in any of these bubble seasons anyway. But like those little bells and whistles, will we get back to that shit in the next year? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I can't tell you. I I feel like all season we were wondering why haven't they done the official announcement, especially since it would bring more viewers to Michelle Young's season. But now I kind of get it because they didn't put him in the show. So you're, you'd be watching it and you'd be frustrated like us being like, well, where's his storyline? And I definitely get doing it right after Rodney goes home, but before you have the main three, the strongest heartbreak edits. They're like, before you can be emotionally overcome with these heartbreaks, we're going to tell you who the next Bachelor is. Right. You can't campaign for Joe or Nate or Brandon. And by the way, both of our predictions about why he got selected were wrong. Yeah, I know. And the placement, I was off. Exactly. You thought that he made it pretty deep and got a big heartbreak at it. I thought it was fourth place, yeah. I thought like uh, some tragedy was going to befall him that would force him out of the show. None of that happened. Yeah. He was just a, a boring floater. It's good to acknowledge our, our predictions that, that fail. It just seems like of, of all the ways that I could have seen him getting the nod, becoming The Bachelor, this was never one of them. He'll play a mediocre season and do nothing. And they'll pick him as the bachelor. That seems so insane to me. I could not have accepted it as real. But that is exactly the reality in which we now live. And now (laughs) we're going to move on to that portion of our show in which we talk about the gains of all the players in our game as well as the ratings. This is This Week in Games. It's time to take a look at the ratings from this week's game. And we have some good news. 
and some bad news. The good news is the first round of playoffs turned in the highest total number of viewers of any episode this season with 3.075 million, up 13.3% from last week. And the demo was up as well to a 0.65. The bad news. The Bachelorette came in second place behind NBC's The Voice in the demo and was the least watched network television show in raw numbers, getting beat by The Voice with 6.6 million, FBI on CBS with 4.37 million, and The Resident on Fox. I don't know what that is but it had 3.29 million viewers. It's nice to see this small uptick, but the comparative data is continuing to paint a picture of the worst rated season in history. We will be anxiously awaiting the men tell all numbers from next week when the show moves back to Monday, which might have some effect on those numbers. Now let's move on to the top five games chart for the players of Bachelorette season 18. Since 11-25-21, our last women. Well, questions with clues where we gather data. The gold medal in gains goes to the medical sales rep from Columbia, Missouri, teacher stick enthusiast, and our next crown, Clayton Eckerd. I am the ultimate Viking! The master of the Clayton rotation gained 25.5K this week, bringing him to 79.2K total, for his crown announcement bump, despite only appearing in the document during the promo at the end for his season. But take that into consideration. We're recording this a day after the official announcement. He gained 25,000 followers after being announced the fucking bachelor. I feel like that number is usually higher. Yeah. Usually it's like 100, right? Yeah, ish, I believe. I mean, he's not even at 100 total yet. And he's been announced as The Bachelor for 24 hours as of us recording this. Mm. Anyway, the silver medal in gains goes to the sales representative from Rancho Cucamonga, California, and Granny Smith Stan Rodney Matthews. He gained 19.7 thousand this week, bringing him to 36.4 thousand total for his huju, his overwhelming apple play, his mom tears at the meeting of the family, his love level three, and his four TRR exit bump. The bronze medal in gains goes to the traveling nurse recruiter from Portland, Oregon, Brandon Jones. He gained 12.7K followers, bringing him to 46K total for his huju, his skateboarding prone play, his bro glow at the MOTF, extracting a love level three from young, his loaded precog, and his first flower. And fourth place goes to Nothing but Nate, the sales executive from the North, Nate Olakoya. He gained 11.6 thousand Instagram followers this week, making him the first player to join the 100,000 club at exactly 100,000 for his Huju, his reciprocated love level three, his stepfather Charles's glow at the meeting of the family's tear play, his reciprocated love level four with Charles, and of course, his untouchable charminance. Fifth place in gains goes to the real estate developer from Minneapolis and quiet confidence man, Joe Coleman. He gained 7.5K followers, bringing him to 44.6K total for his prom play, his mom glow, his dad glow, his love level three, and continuing to dominate in the realm of QuaiCon. Love to see QuaiCon up in the game like this. Love to see Charminance up in the game like this. 
Also looking very forward again to the players of season 26 coming right up January 3rd. I'm looking forward to maybe some new styles being presented here. We'll find out. But congratulations to all of these players on the list. We now talk about the gains of the crown herself. Michelle Young has gained 8,000 followers this week, bringing her to 617K total. She has gained 1.4K Twitter followers this week, bringing her to 21.4K total. She's at 617. She has, I mean, she's got the Mentel All, Fantasy Suites, and Finale. Technically three episodes, and she'll be in all Uh of them, obviously. Is there any chance here for a million? No. I don't think so either. No. I think this is going to be the worst turnout of a lead we've seen in a long time, really since the Million Club started. Since Rachel Lindsay. Even Rachel Lindsay has 900 and some thousand. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. It's the bubble season. Totally. The ratings are horrible. Michelle Young, you know, non-white players get worse Instagram followers by a huge margin. With the exception of Tasha, She's also not very active on Instagram. Yeah. She does not have a very good parasocial game. Let's be real. Yeah. She's not there constantly. She's not doing the the things that like the big parasocial players are doing. And I do. No. I agree with you. That has an effect. No, maybe she will go back to teaching. She has, No, look, she still has 617,000 fucking followers. She's going to probably boost that up to 750. That's a influencer career. You don't have to have a million to be an influencer like if she wants it if she doesn't want it delete your instagram of course she wants it turn your thing to private they probably have to make an instagram no what to be the bachelorette (laughs) they force you to to promote the season absolutely not they cannot force you to create a social media account to promote the show no fucking way you think she would have made a twitter if not to promote the show well she can do it for whatever she wants but i'm saying the producers can't force you to do that shit she's into this she she enjoys it She likes it. Yeah, she enjoys it. It's a great time for her. It's her life's dream. (laughs) It's a great time. (laughs) Well, yeah, she's going to have to pull something out of her apple. Hey. Get into the One Million Club at this point. I agree. It's like, is Clayton going to hit a million? Even his gains aren't. We just just talked about that. Like, I don't know. I mean, he has a whole season still to go. We'll see, but. Maybe not. Do you think Thurston's the last crown to hit a million? No, no, no. Because, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, let's talk about the real state of the game. The real state of the game is <laughs> rock bottom. We're at the bottom of it right now. It's the least yeah. popular it's literally been ever since it's the dawn of it. This is the least popular it's been. It's about to fucking turn around because I think... This is just my own thoughts on this matter. I have no information to back this up, but it's not quite conjecture. It's just writing on the wall. I'm seeing it. The producers who are currently making this show ain't going to be producing this show in a year or two. I don't know how long their contracts are, but if they are turning in season after season of bad ratings, sorry, you're fucking gone. This is TV. You want to talk about ratings? That's all that matters. The numbers, et cetera. We have to make, in quotes, good TV. Well, you're making bad TV. And if your job is to make good TV, you will be fired. You will be replaced. Because the bottom line for ABC is this show that we make every season makes us, I read some report that was saying like roughly $100 million in ad revenue, each iteration of it, like Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever. Mm -hmm. If that number starts dipping, 
to something very significant, you can explain it away maybe once or twice. Well, it was the second season of Bachelor in the same year. It was on Tuesday nights, you know, bubble season, da, 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 whatever. Okay, maybe. But if Clayton Eckerd's season doesn't perform, whoever's running this ship is fucking gone. Yeah. And then we'll see what can happen after they hire us as the showrunners of the bachelor <laughs> we'll return it to its former glory if anyone out there is listening from abc we will return this show to its former glory you're scratching around trying to get a fucking point six rating how about we give you a 3.5 you're trying to fucking maintain 2.9 million viewers how about we give you 10 those numbers sound good to you look us up I didn't know we were applying for a job during this uh, gains. <laughs> I didn't either. The mood just struck me because I'm seeing where it's going and I'm like, I could turn this around immediately, easily. You know, for, for my job application, my one flaw is that I, I try too hard and I care too much, you know, so. I'm too genuine and too real. Other than that, I'm perfect. Mm. <laughs> Those are my only flaws. Uh, any who's uh-huh. like- Let's move on to the top five chart now. <laughs> oh my god! I, it feels like we're going more off the rails these days, but maybe that that's just how it's always felt. We, I feel fucking like drunk from this. From I have had no drinks. I am not drunk. It was just from reading all the news and putting together the show today, and really thinking about where the game is, and watching the hometowns and the Clayton Eckerd shit. I'm going to get to my fucking scream, but that Clayton Eckerd poster uh-huh. got me fucked up. I'll get it to it in my scream, but that was apparent. You guys clues. Yeah. Well, all right. Top five chart. 12.02.21. Today's date. Number one. Nothing but Nate Olukoya and his charminants maintain the lead at 100K. Our next crown and the ultimate Viking. Clayton Eckerd. I'm the ultimate at 79.2k good job clayton sweet talking brandon jones has jumped to third place at 46k quicon joe coleman comes in fourth place at 44.6k god and apple rodney matthews has now joined the top five chart at 36.4k one player in the 100k club these fucking numbers and the other ones are like the number five player has thirty six thousand followers this shit is Uh, unreal yeah i feel bad for them i do too because they've gone through it they've gone through the the same process of like manipulation and trauma that producers have visited upon players of every season and they're getting nothing out of it fucking nothing maybe nate can get paid for this i don't think any of the other ones can if a different one is a ring winner maybe them but yeah, these are rough. And it's like when you get picked for that show, it is sort of like a lottery of sorts where you're like, yes. I am going to have a chance to never have to work again, really. Absolutely. None of these guys had that chance. None of them. Well, they do still have paradise. No, they're going to have to keep being uh, sales executives. For a little while. But I think we're going to see at least most of these guys in paradise. And that is where we obviously know you can really blow your numbers up. So yeah, good luck to all of them. Hopefully they do get to touch sand. Start getting those DMs. Dive in to Clayton's ladies. To anyone out there listening from this current season, if you're sitting at home, uh, Joe Coleman, if you're sitting at home, Rodney Matthews, if you're sitting at home, Brandon Jones, 
Nate, I believe, is in a relationship with Michelle at this point. So maybe not you, Nate, but everyone else. I sort of feel like it might be Brandon now. Did you see the fucking date that fucking Nate Olakoya turned in? We watched it. We talked about it in the fucking recap. Ain't no one beating that man. I know. Brandon Jones is fucking falling off a skateboard. I know. Nate Olakoya is extracting a love level four from his stepfather who has never told him he loved him before in his fucking life. It's over. The game is over now. You're right. Charles, Charles did Brandon in. But if any of you are sitting at home and you made it into the top six of this mm-hmm. season, you need to start looking up who is in Bachelor 26. All of those names are now out and available. You can find them online. And you need to start DMing them. You need to start building pre-Paradise relationships with as many of those different players as you can, coming up with strategies. There's also a person in Bachelor Clues you should DM, and I can help you build those strategies. DM Bachelor Clues. Let me know. I'm here to help. He's done it before. Perhaps. Perhaps. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims we are now going to move on to that portion of our show where we talk about all those glorious tids this is Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News. We're talking about a little producer manipulation through editing. The manipulation in question occurs in a promo for Michelle Young's upcoming season finale that aired this week. In the promo, Young can be seen crying, but the sobs accompanying her tear play are not her own. Reddit user Chef Curry posted a video revealing that the sounds of crying heard in this promo... (laughs) Belong to none other than the previous crown, Katie Thurston. (laughs) It's true. I watched this video. It features a back-to-back comparison of Thurston sobbing at one point during her season 17 of The Bachelorette and then the previously mentioned promo of Michelle Young crying. There is absolutely no doubt producers used audio of Thurston crying over images of Michelle Young crying. This begs the question. Why? Are they trying to make Michelle Young's season more dramatic? (laughs) Were her tear play sounds not filled with enough turmoil? Yes. This is a very subtle piece of producer manipulation, but one that clearly did not go unnoticed. And we hope that as scrutiny of our beloved game continues to progress, all producer manipulations in the edit will be revealed in the same way. This is my question about this, all this generally. We know the show is edited. We are last digging deeper. We went through a bunch of clips of Kristen Whitney, aka Scallop Fingers, Courtney Robertson, villain queen of season 16. They talked very openly in these clips about heavy manipulations the producers did to manufacture scenes that never happened and stuff like this. Here, they're literally taking another player's crying audio, another bachelorette's crying audio, and sliding it over the image of another bachelorette. 
to make it seem like she's sobbing harder than she is. Because in reality, I believe the end of her season ends with little to no drama and the tears she's crying might even be tears of joy at whoever she's going to get proposed to by or whatever. Uh And they're trying to make it seem like, oh my God, something's falling apart because they can't. This is the fucking thing that kills me. You get whatever you get in terms of footage. You produce this season, everything happens, you have it all in the can, and you can fly people back to record things they never said in the actual show or shoot scenes that never happened. (laughs) You have that ability as well, but you don't understand in the moment what you're trying to build to. So now in trying to cut these promos, you're like, fuck, well, tried and true. We got to make it look like she's going to break down. Well, we don't have that video or audio. Uh just have video over like walking around with her hand on her face and put somebody else crying over it. And it's like, that's not, it doesn't fucking work. All that said, nobody's really scrutinizing this other than. No, Chef Curry. And the people in the, no, but we are too. Like people who are in the bottom of the pit one way or another will scrutinize this shit. What would have to happen? Do you think what kind of clip would have to be manufactured or, or some kind of analysis done to really get the entirety of Bachelor Nation to be like, oh my God. There, none of this is real. Mm, that's tough. I think it's going to happen in the very near future. I think they're going to do something that is beyond the line, and it's not just going to be on a Reddit forum. It's going to be like on the internet. It's going to become a thing that's like, holy mm-hmm. shit, they fucking, I don't know what that would have to be necessarily, yeah. but like taking some kind of line of dialogue out of somebody else's mouth, or maybe even maybe it will be using an AI to generate a line of dialogue. No one said something like that. I don't know. They did one. What was this? Was this an early bachelor season where they made it seem like, or was it Joe millionaire where they made it seem like someone was giving oral sex in the woods? I think it was Joe millionaire Hmm. only through audio. I mean, Claire Crawley also refuted the like sex in the ocean thing. Yes, that's true as well. That's probably one of the biggest ones. I found this pretty interesting that like this level of scrutiny is now being applied to just even a, a piece of audio in a promo that somebody heard it and was like, wait a minute, that sounds like Katie Thurston's crying from her last promo or whatever, you know? And then they found it and mm-hmm. indeed they were correct. I like that we're in that level with the fourth audience where somebody is noticing <laughs> everything always now. I really enjoy that. I'm amazed by that because... You know, my relationship with sound. I do. I never would have picked up on something like this. Your problematic relationship with sound. It's problematic. <laughs> but it's also like, we'll get to it in parasocial plays, but people calling out the trailers for being misleading and not even in the show. Well, yeah, like the fucking clip of Nate and uh, of Clayton yeah. Eckerd saying, whatever, we'll get to it, yeah. I suppose. And second tid for Bachelor Nation News, Katie Thurston's tears weren't the only things the fourth audience was hearing from her this week. After a dazzling parasocial play, which we'll be discussing a little bit later, Thurston announced that she has moved on from the ring winner of season 17 and is now in a relationship with the 23rd place finisher from her season and fellow member of the San Diego crew, John Hersey. The couple went public this week at the culmination of her groundbreaking 12 Days of Messy play, And the fourth audience had very mixed feelings, especially after Moines himself appeared on Talking It Out with company men Mike Johnson and Brian Abasolo, where he revealed that he will not be the next Bachelor and that any future dating he does will be outside of the nation. We wish Moines a quick emotional recovery, and we wish Hersey and Thurston a happy future together as the anchors 
of the San Diego crew. And as is so often the case in our beloved game, just as one relationship begins, so too must another die for all time. Tasha Adams and Zach Clark officially ended their engagement this week. The news broke in all the major Bachelor news outlets with people citing and in quotes, insider having revealed the news of the relationships and Adams and Clark met in the second half of the fractured bachelorette season 16, where Clark went on to win the ring after an incredible five-part PTC. Adams was the first black player to cross the 1 million Instagram threshold and is the next closest player to the 2 million club currently with 1.8 million followers. We wish everyone involved all the best in what must be a very difficult time. One person who is certainly not having a difficult week is the Instagram champ herself, Hannah Brown. The Beast took to Instagram this week to inform her 2.5 million followers that her book, God Bless This Mess, made the prestigious New York Times bestseller list. She posted an image of herself getting the good news via phone call with a caption that read, New York Times bestseller, clapping hands emoji, crying emoji, star emoji. I am beyond thankful and humbled to be on this list. This is a real pinch me moment, so I'm not even sure what to say other than thank y'all for believing in me and this book. Thank you for spending your hard-earned money on purchasing this book, for spending time with my story and allowing it to touch your heart, and for every personal message you have sent me as you connected with the messages between the pages. This mess is so blessed. Congrats go out to the beast for achieving this lofty goal. And we hope we will be joining you on that list in a few short months. This is astounding. Congratulations, beast. You've really done it. Another former lead who has a new media project made news this week when the full trailer for coming out Colton was released. The docuseries will feature former bachelor Colton Underwood navigating the world as a newly out gay man. The trailer included scenes that reveal Underwood will be coming out to his parents in this show, and he will address the restraining order filed against him by season 23 ring winner Cassie Randolph. The show received mixed reactions when it was announced earlier this year. Some felt Underwood didn't deserve to be given another platform, while others supported the idea of having more visibility for an out gay man coming from the Bachelor franchise. The show premieres today, December 3rd, on Netflix. And finally in the news this week, we've got a few new humans to mention. Astrid Locke and Kevin Went welcome their first child on November 20th. And season 16 villain queen Courtney Robertson gave birth to her second child. Congrats to both of these growing Bachelor Nation families. And now is the time in our program when we move on to discuss all of the plays that our players are making off the field and in their Instagrams, in their TikToks, in their Twitters, in their YouTubes. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. As always, I mean, this section just gets bigger and bigger every week. Because everybody's yeah. parasocial playing now. Everybody's in that arena mixing it up. By the way, by the way, just mm-hmm. to to add to our ongoing discussion about what is the game? Mm-hmm. I believe the game is just what happens between the lines, if you will, the foul lines, which is what is in the document, the TV show itself, what you do while you're in The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. You believe the game is that plus what you do parasocially. 
on Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So let me pose you this question. Yeah, the score. Let me pose you this question. Do you believe Courtney Robertson is one of the greatest players to have ever lived? Yes. And yet she does not rank even in the top 200 Instagram players. Mm-hmm. Are these the same game? She lived before Instagram. I agree with you. The game has evolved. <laughs> but then where does that put somebody like Courtney Robertson? Mary Delgado. Trish Snyder. Greatest pre-Instagram. Okay. Love to see what she would do in the Instagram era. Me too. I think it's just a different game. Sorry. It was just something I was thinking about. Look, back in Courtney Robertson's day, how we judged players' greatness was on if you're the ring winner. Yeah. If you're getting a ton of screen time. Yeah. Especially doing it in the way she did it, which was a villain. Mm -hmm. It's incredible that she was able to do that. Now, how do we judge these people? We judge them on their numbers. We judge them on their parasocial plays. In terms of how they play parasocially. But like when we give the plays of the game, for example. We give the plays of the game because we think that's what's going to get them farther in the game, get them more Instagram followers. That's the score. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not linked. I'm just saying they're different games. I'm sorry. I really? shouldn't have, it, I shouldn't have even sorry, brought this up. the game is linked to something that's outside of the game? That's weird. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh my theory's unraveling. No, no, no. I'm just saying fame is its own thing. And the game of fame is social media. But again, they're, they're playing this same game mm-hmm. against actors and other sports people and whatever, you know? Anyway... I just thought I would bring it up, but let's get into this. Parasocial Plays of the Week. We had a bunch this week. Everybody's been doing good. All very important because they're part of the game. That's right. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're part of this game. Mike Johnson reunited with his twin, a.k.a. Jake from State Farm. His caption read, hashtag ad, the homie at Jake from State Farm is officially on TikTok. And I can assure you he's there for the right reasons. Wink face emoji. The post has 16.9 thousand likes. Caitlin Bristow, the goat herself, made a hashtag of real Instagram post about her mental health this week that she suffers from hormonal depression. Her main grid post has 137.5K likes. In a play that we hinted at earlier, Nate Olakoya posted an Instagram story this week congratulating Clayton on becoming the next Bachelor, saying, to the man who never called me an actor, three times crying emoji face, and also the man who gave me the most crucial pep talk when I needed it most. You remember. Happy for you and hoping you find your person. Much love, big dog. Clayton reposted this story as well. We're always happy to see players confronting the storylines, even the ones that are inferred by misleading promos that never even made it in the document. A bold, gorgeous play filled with terminants. You know, he's He's countering the narrative, but he still has got those crying, laughing emoji faces. Exactly. He's like, here's some truth. But look, I'm smiling. I'm your friend. No. Yeah. He's not. That's the written version of it. Speaking of taking back narratives, Blake Horseman, a.k.a. Baylock High, made an announcement via his Instagram main grid that he will be playing at Stagecoach 2022. His caption reads, it's happening cowboy emoji. Not only am I going to at Stagecoach this year, but I will be playing for y'all too. We have two years worth of fun to make up for, so I'll see you guys dancing and singing at the Honky Tonk. Tag your Stagecoach buddy and I'll see y'all next April. Let's go. Hashtag we met at Stagecoach. Hashtag full circle. I 
was so happy about this play. Clues and I have discussed perhaps going to Stagecoach to make our own parasocial plays, which is still still in discussion. But by the way, another Baylock I added bonus. He also posted an Instagram story this week about the current labor uprisings. He said, not to be too extreme here, but I think we are going through a job revolution of sorts. The last few months, we have doubled the amount of people quitting their jobs than the last couple of years. I think COVID opened up a lot of people's eyes to being overworked, underpaid, and the insane wage gap between employees and management. People are no longer going to work for scraps and are finally starting to stand up to the fuckers at the very top. Honestly, I love it. I also love it. He also posted something. He's going to be in some other reality show. Did you see this? No. Yeah. It's going to be... Real world stagecoach. Blake Horstman rumored to be filming Super Shore All-Stars on MTV. I don't know what it is. Or maybe it's a reality show that has people from other reality shows on it. But he's back into the game. Into a game. You know, the reality TV Mm, game. Can't get enough of those opposite life coaches. (laughs) Exactly. But we wish (laughs) Balak High luck and success with all these endeavors. Also this week, Anna Redmond shared her Spotify wrapped on a TikTok video and... Guess who was in her top five most listened to podcasts? NPR. It was us, Game of Roses. Game of Roses? It was us, Game of Roses. Even better. Yeah. Our next item. (laughs) I was very stunned by. Sometimes players will do AMAs or talk directly to the forums. And this week, one player did. Week one player from Katie Thurston season, John Hersey wrote to Reddit a letter from John Hersey. You can look this up under the top post of the week, but the TLDR is love you all mostly and Katie did not cheat. But this is a formal acknowledgement that that piece of the fourth audience will affect his relationship with Katie Thurston. He's dating someone and now he has to write a letter to these strangers. But... Perhaps Lucy and Protocol, that's part of being in any of these relationships. It totally is. When this happened, obviously, a lot of people were, you know, had reactions to it. I, my reaction was, how strange must it be to be in a relationship where you are compelled to write this long, lengthy letter to people (laughs) you don't know, just saying like, hey, we're just trying to date and have fun here. Please leave us alone. It was uh, bold. It was bold. Speaking of bold, another play that happened this week came to us from the bad mom herself, Jess Ambrose of the Chatty Bras. She posted her book review of a book called How to Win the Bachelor to her Instagram stories, and we are eternally grateful. It was astounding to see this. I absolutely loved it, and I'm glad that she liked the book. She's the best. I can't wait for Ember to read it one day. My favorite child. All of these were strong, powerful parasocial plays this week but there is one that is undoubtedly the winner our parasocial play of the week goes to katie thurston she shared her spotify most listened to podcast in 2021 i guess which podcast it was clues Mm, game of roses yes it was (laughs) I saw this. Nailed it. Many people DM'd it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it is a huge honor that the most recent crowd before Young would declare that she is deeply in the pit with over 3,000 minutes of gore. 
We also wanted to thank the other members of the pit for tagging us in your Spotify wrapped IG stories this week. It warmed our cold hearts. The pit provides. This was astounding. I know there's been degorification. I know there's been regorification. I feel like this is firmly on uh-huh. that side of the line. And we cannot thank Katie Thurston enough for this. This is glorification, baby. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, seeing all this shit from everybody who sent it, you know, some people, Katie Thurston here has over 3,000 minutes. There were some people who had significantly more minutes streamed of our podcast. The highest I saw was 23K. 23? Yeah. Holy shit. I don't know if I saw that one. Do we even make 23,000 minutes of podcasts per year? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, how many hours is that? I don't know how to do that math. Well, it's 60 minutes in an hour. <laughs> and we do two hours a week or a little more. We probably wind up doing like... 23,000 divided by 60. So that's 383 hours. So that's 16 days. But we don't do 383 or we might. Cause we do about an hour and 15 minutes twice a week. So we do about two and a half hours per week times 52 weeks. Yeah. Because this couldn't even include Patreon because it's a different feed. Exactly. But I guess mm. you could listen to the first 20 minutes of Patreons or whatever. I mean, look, it could be a new listener who... That's true. Went back and listened to the whole catalog. However, it was done. Amazing to see. Yeah. Incredible feat. Beautiful. But congrats go out to Katie Thurston for posting this, for listening to our show. Again, we can't thank you enough. And now it's time to go on to that parasocial creature of the week. Rest in peace, Pappy. Today, we are giving out our first Parasocial Creature Lifetime Achievement Award as we say goodbye to one of the greatest parasocial creatures to ever play the game. The canine companion of Deanie Baby Zunglert and Kaylin Miller Keys has shuffled off his mortal coil. And to announce his passing, Unglert posted a short video to Instagram featuring images of Pappy running through the grass scored by Tom Petty's Wildflowers. The caption was a eulogy befitting of this incredible pup. It read... Today was one of the hardest days of our lives. Today, our sweet little man left our earth. He took his final breaths in the arms of his loving mother. We weren't there for the beginning or the middle of his life, but we were there for what we believe was the most important part, the end. The joy he brought into our lives will remain with us until we cross over ourselves, only to be reunited with him. And we like to think the joy we brought into his was the cherry on top of a life filled with love. As it's been written about this song, some things are born into this world perfect and simply remain that way. That's Pappy. That's all dogs. This somber parasocial play generated 175,000 likes and drew a who's who of heavy hitters from within the nation to send their condolences. Aya Kennedy, Tilly, Fletcher, Bristow, the other Aya Kennedy, Kufrin, Long, Randolph, Godwin, Caridi, and plenty of others all paid their respects to this incredible parasocial creature. Pappy, we'd like to wish you happy journeys into the great beyond, and we'd like to give you the very first Lifetime Parasocial Creature Award for your years of continual high-level creature work. You will forever be remembered and forever be missed. I can't take that. Are you okay? I can't take that post from Dini babies. <laughs> no. It was very sad. I I really, really love Pappy. I think everyone did who watched him. And Dini Babies has one of the best parasocial games going, one of the best Instagram accounts. All the pictures and videos that he would do of Pappy, they were always fantastic, always cute, always funny. And uh it's strange. I don't know this dog. I never met this dog. I don't know Dini Babies. I don't know Kaylin Miller Keys, but I feel like I knew Pappy through what he was able to capture parasocially. <laughs> I'll miss Pappy. Oh my gosh. As will I. But now we must descend into the pit. 
so that we can issue forth our screams through these tears. Screams from the pit! My scream this week. I was feeling down this week. Stressed from all of the projects that we're working on, things going on in the world, etc. And Clues, like a good friend that he is, shared a video with me that to try to cheer me up. And this video had faded into the recesses of my mind. Two members of the pit, Sarah, a.k.a. Birdie, and Tom Andrews, sent this video of a musical performance for my birthday this year. The song is called Gorified. I'm going to play it for you now. When the pandemic started, I was feeling blue. I missed the outside world and didn't know what to do. When they postponed the bachelorette, I lost my mind. How dare they fuck with the last vestige of normal times. Then I found Pace Case and Bachelor Clues and Weekly Creatures. It was straight up serotonin coming through my speakers, talking recaps on Tuesday. That's we play by play. Thursday screams from the pit could never scare me away. Cause I've been glorified. I've tumbled into the pit. I've never felt more alive. Cause I've been This professional era, everything's fair game, but it would make Clues' year to see a unity play. There's no end to the tricks, producers pull out their hat, promoting racists, misogynists, and men like that. Now give us the ting tapes, you fucking cowards. These folks have already scrubbed the dock for hours and hours. The goat may still be unknown after hyper binges, but thanks to TikTok, the king of cringes. Birdie and Tom for picking me up this week. The pit provides. It was my pleasure. This is a video that lives on my home screen desktop. It's in the upper right corner on mine. And I will watch it every other week or so. I like to watch that video. So I also thank you, the Andrews family. That's so nice. Yeah, it's just a nice thing that's like, if you're feeling down, I can watch that video and be like, this is fucking great. You know, but I wasn't feeling down this week. I did watch the video and I wasn't feeling down. <laughs> it was just a cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, you watch it every two weeks. That's why you're never down. That's right. I entered into a phase of fandom of our beloved game that I haven't felt in quite some time. <laughs> I haven't felt this level, uh-huh. this specific flavor of my relationship with this show since back when I really first started making memes. I first started making memes 
in an in I believe Andy Dorfman's season, the Mento All was the first one that I think I did. At any rate, right around the time that I was like, I want to start like find a visual style for this. I decided, what am I going to do? I have to find a piece of media, like a, a thread of media that I can just make a bunch of memes of. So I went to Nick Vial's Instagram and I just started making memes of every one of his posts. <laughs> of and that was kind of how I got into like really pumping out memes constantly. I got quick at the apps and I really kind of, you know, zeroed in on a visual style. And that time for me, I know that that was like a maniac thing to do, but it was very fun for me because mm-hmm. I was learning this new thing and I just had a limitless amount of desire to make memes of this shit that I was using, of the source material, basically. Uh-huh. I, I loved it. I looked forward to it every night, getting in bed high and making these fucking memes. So something happened this week that fucking reignited that in me. I got to taste that again. And the thing that happened was this fucking promo for Clayton season came out, the poster of him with the dogs. I have now made six memes uh-huh. of that image alone, and I ain't done yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time I look at it, I see a new thing in it. And I'm just like, is this limitless? Can I make a billion memes of this one fucking image? And I'm like, I'm going to fucking try it. I'm going to keep doing it until I run out. Don't stop. I won't. I fucking love it. They made me laugh. They make me laugh. That's why I'm doing them. And hopefully they make some other people laugh as well. But I haven't felt like this about my memes in a very long time. And I can feel some like shit bubbling up that was like, oh, God, this is when it used to be really fun. Uh So hopefully that will carry over into his season. My scream is actually a scream of glee. A squeal. (laughs) Yeah, but... In its own way, isn't it a scream, <laughs> a dark scream as well? I don't know. You tell me. You know, I don't, is it is it a scream? I mean, you described it as a maniac phase. <laughs> Not my words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay. We both have our things. I can't. I don't think a maniac scream is generally that bad. But now we're going to move on and we're going to play a scream from someone else that comes to us from within the pit. If you sign up for our Patreon, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. And if you join us in the bottom of the pit, you get access to our discord on our discord. You can then submit your own scream from the pit. And we like to play the good ones here and then analyze them. So here we go. This is a scream we're going to play for you now from a user named Violet. Are you ready? Okay, so my scream from the pit this week. I am back on the dating apps. I'm on Hinge and I met this guy. We've been messaging back and forth a few times. And the other day he sent me a message after a therapy session. And it was a quote about relationships. And I had agreed with it. And so I decided to give him, you know, a quote that I remember hearing about relationships. And all I told him was that, someone had told me this before. And of course, this quote was from our beloved game from Claire Crawley's season of The Bachelorette when her mother tells her, it's better to be home alone than to be home wishing you were alone. So I sent him that in a message. It really resonated with him. He loved it. And we have a date next week. So the pit always provides. Cute. Is this a scream? Is this even a scream? 
This is fantastic. It is a scream. We can't even identify what's the scream now because we're just so in it. <laughs> My brain is scrambled. The sauce is getting to me. Ah! She's quoting a famous philosopher, Claire Crawley's mother. <laughs> but it worked. It's a scream. It, it was a, you know, this, this thing that she watched, that Violet watched so long ago, stuck with her. She's using it now on the dating apps. She's going to get a date out of it. As she said, the pit provides. The pit truly does provide anything you could possibly want. It's always going to give it to you. And here, maybe, Violet has found the love of her life and has maybe used a quote from Claire Crawley's mother to initiate that relationship. Beautiful. For anyone who's not on the dating apps, thinks they're dumb or whatever, I highly recommend them. They're great. Well, Violet, thank you so much for submitting your scream. And again, anybody else who wants to submit a scream can do so at our Discord, which you can access through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Game of Roses. But that does it. That wraps up this week's episode of This Week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you've enjoyed the tids, the parasocial plays, the screams, the state of the world, all of the Clayton Eckert things that we discuss. And I hope that you enjoy... <laughs> My limitless memes of that single image of him with the puppies. There will be more coming. The Pappy Memorial that I sobbed through. <laughs> we talked about a lot of like dark shit on this show, but I don't think I've ever cried during. That's probably not true, but I can't remember crying during the show except for this Pappy thing. I can't handle dog death. They're so pure. I hear you. It's terrible. I know. It's terrible. But... Pappy is on to bigger and better things in the great beyond. He's out there astral projecting now. Maybe he'll be in your dreams tonight. And you'll get to have the experience of seeing him running through the tall grass, just like we saw in Deanie Baby's beautiful tribute to him. Oh, my God. Stop. Sorry. Before we go, <laughs> as always, what is the drawback? It has been 7,193 days without the Asian Bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. 
What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me, who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website, and these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile, Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.